0: The Lord be with you. And also with you. Today's the first Sunday of Lent, the church's 40-day journey with Jesus, into the desert, through his ministry, into the cross, and from the cross into the grave and out of the grave into resurrection. It's a journey where we take stock of our lives. We take a hard look at who we are and how we're living. It's a time of seeking God, of turning away from sin. Our gospel text begins with the Spirit leading Jesus into the desert. This is always where I've thought the journey of Lent begins as Jesus enters the desert. But I think the Lenten journey must begin before the desert, not in solitude, not on our own willpower. We need to begin the journey of Lent before the desert. When Jesus enters the desert, he is dripping wet from his baptism. The spirit of God still rests lightly on his shoulders, and the voice of his father still rings in his ears, you, you are my beloved son, and I am very pleased with you. Our journey through Lent must begin here, in the waters of baptism, with Jesus, with the anointing of the Spirit, with the Father's voice, which says, You are my beloved child, with you I am well pleased. Maddie, would you mind coming up here just for a moment? Sorry, I'm totally catching you off guard. This isn't planned. Just just a moment. Maddie, would you, would you take a look in the waters? Can you look down? Do you see anything? No. No? Can you look closely? <laughs> I can't see anything either. They're kind of moving around <laughs> the waters. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You may return to yourself. In the movement of our lives, it's hard to see, see ourselves. It's hard to see who we really are at our core. And this question of identity, of who we truly are, is at the heart of our Lenten journey. And it's at the heart of our scripture texts today. Theologian Julie Canlis, she considers life for Jesus even before his baptism, during those anonymous years in Nazareth, of which we know so little about. But here's what she writes. Jesus spent those years learning to be loved by the Father and learning how to receive this identity from the Father alone so he could give this to us. When we receive Jesus' life, we receive not only forgiveness, but a new identity. We have been named beloved child. Friends, it's the Father's love which we hear at Jesus' baptism. It's the Father's love which echoes over Jesus' entire life. It's the Father's love which paves the way through the desert and along the dusty roads of Galilee and Judea. It's the Father's love which paves the stone streets of Jerusalem as Jesus walks toward the cross. Our journey through Lent must begin here in the waters of baptism. As Jesus receives the Father's love at baptism. Jesus restores us to our true selves, our true identity in God. He's returning Adam and Eve to the freedom that they knew in the Garden of Eden. Beneath all three of the devil's temptations is the question of identity. Who is Jesus? What defines Jesus? Who will Jesus be as he enters his public ministry? Will Jesus be the miracle worker who could who could feed the world with a word? Or will Jesus be the beloved son? Will Jesus be the superstar Messiah who can wow the crowds into following him? Or will Jesus be the beloved Son? Will Jesus grasp his inheritance from his Father's hands? Or will he receive it as the Father's beloved Son? In other words, Will Jesus' doing flow from his being? Or will his performance define him? Friends, it matters where we begin our journey into Lent. And it matters where we're going. John's Gospel says that Jesus knew he had come from God and was going back to God. Jesus knows who he is because he knows from whom he has come, and he knows to whom he is going. Jesus is born and baptized of the Father's love, and he's on his way home to that same love. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way, Jesus endured the shame of the cross for the joy that was set before him. The joy. Jesus knew where he was going. When we know where we've come from and when we know where we're going, the journey between cannot ultimately define us. Our performance on the way does not determine who we truly are. It's already been given to us. So we can endure valleys, we can forge rivers, we can even conquer mountaintops without losing who we are. Without getting completely lost, neither in the hardest trials or in the greatest triumphs. For 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus wanders through the desert. He may be alone, but Jesus is no lone ranger. He may be our pioneer but he's also part of a people. He may be writing a new chapter, but he's part of a larger story. As Jesus moves through the desert, he embodies the story of God's people who themselves wander through the desert for 40 years after their baptism through the waters of the Red Sea. As they struggle and stumble, trying to learn what it is to be free. What it is to know and believe that they no longer belong to Pharaoh, but they belong entirely to God. And they stumble, and they struggle, and they turn away. But at every point, Jesus is faithful. Jesus is reliving and redeeming their story. And it's our story too. As Jesus fasts from food, he feasts on God's word. Every time Jesus responds to the devil, he quotes scripture. Do you know which book? Deuteronomy the book of God's law, the words God gave to his people in the desert. Jesus is the one from Psalm 1. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on that law, he meditates day and night. He is feasting on God's word in the desert. He finds streams in the driest place, He finds nourishment in the words of his father. And with this sword of the spirit, he cuts through the devil's lies. The devil tempts Jesus to do something for himself, to prove something about himself, to to grasp something, to claim something for himself. The devil uses the word you over and over again. If you are the son, throw yourself down. Angels will take care of you. They will lift you up. Then you won't trip. If you bow down, I will give you all this. You, 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 Jesus. The devil wants Jesus to be consumed with himself. It fits Augustine's classic definition of sin. That we are curved in on ourselves. But Jesus responds by turning outward, turning upward. Jesus, Jesus says, man must live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Don't test the Lord your God. Worship the Lord your God alone. It's as if Jesus is saying to the devil, you better take this up with my father because it's his word, it's his opinion that matters. What he thinks means everything. St. Paul picks up on this in his first letter to the Corinthians. He writes, I care very little If I am judged by you or any human court, indeed, I don't even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but it doesn't make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Paul is saying he doesn't care what you think about him. He doesn't even care what he thinks about him. He only cares what the Lord thinks about him. And he knows what the Lord thinks about him because he knows Jesus. How much time do we spend worried about what others may think of us? How much does that define how we behave and how we live, the choices we make? How much time do we spend in our heads imagining a way to defend ourselves for uh, for this action or, or that inaction. But Paul is saying, I'm done with that nonsense. I'm done. It doesn't make him innocent. But it does make him free. Free to risk love. Free to joyfully obey his heavenly father. This week, as I was preparing to write this sermon, I watched a film, Last Days in the Desert, with Ewan McGregor, and I've decided I'm just going to watch movies for my sermon preparation from now on. It felt really like a good, good way to spend my time. In this film, which takes, of course, many interpretive liberties, The devil is depicted at different moments as an old woman, as a young woman, but most frequently as a double of Jesus, as a mirror image of himself. Did you notice that Matthew names the devil three different ways? The devil, the accuser, the tempter and and Satan, the devil, the tempter, and Satan. I don't think Matthew is forgetting something here. I think he's telling us that the devil wears many masks and speaks in many voices. It's hard to pin down the devil. So friends, when we wake up in the morning and we look in the mirror, we have to face this question, who am I? What defines me? Who will I be today? Will I be the straight-A student? Or will I be the failure? Or will I be the father's beloved child? Will I be the new American with limited English? Will I be the distinguished English professor? Or will I be the Father's beloved child? Will I be the one who's always serving others, always? Will I be the Father's beloved child? Will I be the the preacher anxious to impress others? Or will I be the Father's beloved child? I don't know how that last one snuck in there. Maybe someone out there struggles with that, it's for you. The devil wants us to believe any identity, any identity except that we are the Father's beloved. He wants us to think anything else of ourselves. Because when our identity is enveloped in the Father's love, as Jesus was enveloped in the waters of the Jordan, nothing else can define us. The devil has no claim on us. So we're free people. We're free to study hard, to study hard and delight in learning without being worried that our grades will define our future, because we're beloved. We can can ask our eight-year-old for help with this new English word, and we can be proud of how quickly they're learning, because we're beloved. We can serve joyfully in the church kitchen and also take a seat to be served by others because we are beloved. So, Maddie, I had planned to invite you back up here (laughs) so that you could see yourself in this water because it's all still now. But the bowl, you can't really see it with the bottom of this bowl, so my illustration is not going to work. But let's imagine that Maddie came up here and, and she could really see herself clearly because these waters here are actually still now. They're still. When we take time to let the waters of our baptism settle in our soul, We see our true selves in Christ. And we let the words of the Father resonate in our hearts. This is where our Lenten journey begins. In the early church, some believers followed Jesus by going out into the desert, literally, not for a hike, but to live. And they didn't go out to prove how holy they were, or to impress the crowds back in the city, or even to defeat the devil on their own. Jesus had already done that for them. But they went out there because they wanted to be more like Jesus. They wanted to hear the Father's voice as he heard the Father's voice. Pastor Karen, you expressed it this way that these fathers and mothers went out into the desert to find the ocean. To find the ocean. An ocean of God's living water. Because they knew that in the desert, especially in the desert, God's steadfast love can be found in the quiet. And the solitude and the stillness. And the Spirit invites us this Lent to enter those spaces of stillness so the waters of our baptism can settle, so we can see ourselves clearly. The Spirit invites us into silence so we can actually listen for the Father's voice I love you. I'm pleased with you. We We may even try fasting, empty our stomachs so that we can feed more deeply on the word of the Lord. So when the devil comes in many voices and behind many masks, we can say, get away from me, Satan. Let's say that together. Get away from me, Satan. I know who I am, and I know from where I've come, and I know from where I've come. I belong to the Father. I belong to the Father, and I'm going home, and I'm going home. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.